With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. All right. Praise the Lord. Another day for Lady Talk. Another week. Won't be doing this till in two weeks. So I enjoy every time we get together to be able to talk and discuss the things of God and be open and honest on what we're going through, what we're facing, what we're dealing with, so God can move on our behalf. And I'm just glad that we're able to come on the line together as women to encourage, to build each other up, and to strengthen each other. So with that being said, for those who are listening, you can continue, as we go throughout the um, session, you can still send your questions or concerns that you have to Lady Talk. Ladytalk2 at gmail.com, and if you don't want to speak out your questions or if you don't want to ask the question out loud, you can go put on ladytalk2 at gmail.com, or you can just simply blurt it out, well, you know, politely and respectfully when we open up the um, for questioning after we go through what our lesson is tonight. So with that being said, Evangelist Howard, you want to open us up in prayer, and we'll go on into our lesson for the night. Amen. Oh, Heavenly Father, God, we want to thank you today, God. Father, we want to thank you. We want to praise you, Father. We want to magnify you. Because you are God, hallelujah, the only true God. And for that, we tell you thank you. God, we thank you for watching over us and our family, our loved ones. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus, hallelujah, for keeping you God all day long, God. Father, we thank you, God, for answering prayers and for keeping yes, those Jesus. not yes, saved. Hallelujah. Father, we ask you right now in the name of Jesus, if there's yes, anything God. we have done, any sin, or Father, anything that was outside of the character of Christ, yes, yes, yes. right now, Lord Jesus, hallelujah. Father, and don't only forgive us, but show us ourselves, God, so we yes, do God. Step in that place again. Oh, Father, we want yes, to thank you for talk tonight, God. Father, we want to thank you for every it's woman so that comes on the line, God. Those that make themselves known and those that do not make themselves known, God. Yes, and we have to in the precious name of Jesus, God. Yes, oh, God. Father, God, to answer prayer, God. Lord, ease the burden, God. Don't let no yes, woman the in the same way she came in Jesus' most holy name, God. Oh, Father, yes, we can Thank you. We want to praise you, God. Lord, we got, Lord, yes, we God. ask you, God, you be in every answer that is given tonight, God. Lord, bless the speaker, God. Anoint the word, God, and anoint the yes. ears so that they can hear and understand, God, as the word goes out. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Jesus, most holy name. Amen. Yes, God. Amen. Amen. We just grateful for God allowing us to be on the line again one more day to just encourage and build each other up. Today, our um, on this evening, our topic discussion is going to be about doing things in our own strength. 
And the scripture that comes to mind, it says, a man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. So we have plans what we want to do in the direction we want to go, but we know the ultimate authority is God on what God will will it to be so and what he has for us and not so much what we want to do. And before um, we go into the list and I open up with a thought is why do we feel we can accomplish and do things on our own, in our own strength? Why do y'all feel we as women tend to try to accomplish things and feel we can do it on our own? Anyone? I guess not. It's a quiet night. No. <laughs> I think the, I think one of the reasons why we feel that we can do it on our own is because when we uh, feel that we're not hearing anything from God, even though he's given us our answer, but it's not what we truly want to hear. And so we try to, you know, convince ourselves that it's not him and it's the enemy telling us that because it's going against what we truly want to do. It's mm-hmm. what I think because I'm just speaking from past experiences. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. We feel like sometimes God ain't speaking fast enough or he ain't moving fast enough on our answer. Or like you're saying, it's not what he wants us to do is not the answer that we want because as the scripture says, man devises his his way, but the Lord directs us his path. So we have in our heart what we want to do, but we don't always include God on our plans because we're, we live in a world to where you grow, where we grow up. And many have been taught that to believe in yourself, you can do anything without mm-hmm. mention of God, helping without mention God giving you strength is always about what you can do. And it brings about an attitude that you can shape your own destiny. You don't need any help. You can do it on your own. Like that song, it's your thing, do what you want to do type of mentality. And that's the society in which we're living in now. It's sad because the way people, they're trying to omit God out of pretty much everything, you know, and try to make like it ain't, you know. But we know that God is still on the throne and yet working miracles. We see miracles every day and we get up in the morning. That itself is a miracle. When we lay down at night, that itself is a miracle. Able to walk about and, and do what we need to do when we start to realize those things are miracles. Everyday miracles, the air we breathe, it's a miracle. It's there. We don't see it, but it's there. We know it exists. And I said, yeah. this is one of the conflicts that lies in this in our broken world we live in today that I can do anything type of attitude brings yeah. about failure to successfully reach and obtain goals and accomplishment in our life. When we don't fulfill those things, we feel like, oh, I should be further along now in my life. I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And a lot of times, not only do we look at us doing it, we also look at our friends that that we know and we hear their success and they're doing good and they're doing this. So we try to measure ourselves up to other people as well. And we try to make things happen on our own instead of including God in our plans. And um, and that brings about an attitude that decreases one's faith in God. It's like well, they don't have the faith as they should because they feel like they have attained their have attained this on their own. Have you ever encountered someone that was so high on themselves as if they did everything and and the cockiness and the arrogance that they have and and act like they don't need anybody because they made themselves and not knowing it was God that did it. (laughs) It was his grace and mercy that he extends toward that individual. And that's the way our society has, 
become to where we can we feel that we can accomplish and achieve things on our own. Yeah. But we know sometimes when we're like that, God sometimes has to send little road bumps and detours in our life to remind us just how big he is. Because we need that reminder every now and again just how big God is. And if you can recall back a time when distress hits your life and you find yourself crying out to God for help because you try doing stuff on your own, and then you decide, I can't do this. This is bigger than me. Everything we face is always bigger than us. But yet we feel like we can do it. We feel like we're capable of handling it on our own. We don't need nobody because mm-hmm. what we have been conditioned to do and, and what, depending on how some of us was raised, what we were taught growing up, you mm-hmm. got to learn to do this on your own. You're not going to always have mama around or daddy around or this person around. You're going to have to do some things on your own. So that way it kind of takes people's faith off of God when those mm-hmm. things are instilled in us. It's like we feel we can do things on our own without including God. But when we encounter those distress and those hits in our life, we find ourselves really beginning to know who God is. Because sometimes we never know who God is until we have an up-close personal encounter and going through things in life. And then you begin to call out for help because you realize you can make it through those road bumps and detours that you hit. And and they tend to hit you like a ton of bricks. And some things leave you speechless and broken. It's like you, you are lost for words on what to say and how to say it and what to do. And, and some people find comfort, comfort in other things when they don't have the faith in God. Many will pick up a bottle. Now, young people, they'll pick up some pills. They'll pick up some syrup, as they call it, and or they'll pick up some Mary Jane, as they call it in our day. They're doing everything to try to fulfill things that only God can do, trying to accomplish, to make things happen that they can't do in their own strength. And Proverbs uh, 3, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, it tells us, trust, trust in the Lord in all thine heart and lean not unto thy own understanding. And it says, in all our ways acknowledge him and he shall direct our path. In order for us to be able to do things that, we feel God is calling us to do that God wants us to do. We can't lean to our own understanding. We can't lean on our own capabilities and, and our knowledge and our wisdom. We got to lean on God and God alone. And it's one scripture that I love so dearly. It talks about in Proverbs 6 and 9 where it says, A man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directed his path. And and then I look at the New Living Translation that breaks it down like this. We make our plans. How many can say you make plans on what you're going to do? How many say you made plans on how your life was going to be, what you was going to do when you were growing up? Remember when you were a little kid? And I know all of us have dreams. We're going to be this. We're going to have this. We're going to have that. But we didn't even include God in those plans. And we had no idea what we wanted. But it says it's the Lord that determines ourselves, even though we know what we want, but ultimately it's God that determines ourselves, not us. You know, it, it, it's all God that it, he orders our steps. And then one thing on Mondo's story, Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel in chapter 4, and when he got beside himself, began bragging what his hands have done and not understand it was all God. Have you ever been around a person that always bragged on they did this and they did that and, and just puffed themselves up as if it was them? All them wasn't nobody else. It was just them that did it. And yep. that's what Nebuchadnezzar did. But God had 
to put a reality check in his life. And every now and again, we need reality. We need yeah. reality to let us know, to draw us back in, to let us know you're getting too far and left. Now, yeah. it ain't you, it's me. And yeah. that people, I remember when I was getting my car washed over, probably been a couple of years now, and one of the guys said it was this lady loaded with money. Used to come through all the time, you know, and used to give the guys uh, tips like 20 and 30 and just big money every time. And he said, ma'am, you don't have to do all that. You don't, you know, you don't do all that. And she was like, yeah, I have to, I have to. And he said then uh, years later, you know, when the, the housing market went bad and then when the the uh, job market went bad and people was losing jobs, companies were closing. He said that same lady came through and she was a let in a car, but it was less. I think he said, but it was lesser than what he was used to her seeing. And she right. came through, said she didn't have a tip for the guys, you know, but she was just telling him that she was going through a rough part in her life. And so oh. she came again to the job and she asked him, "Can you hire me?" And wow. because she lost everything, right. job, everything. And um, he was like, ma'am, you are uh, educated lady. You This type of job ain't for you, you know. But she can't, but she realized, you know, that all this stuff can be gone. And yeah. God can have you at a base state in which you say you would never get to. But yeah. sometimes we get beside ourselves and, and get a little bit above, exalt ourselves above measure. God has to bring us down to let us know it ain't a you, you're not doing this in your own. You, you're trying to do things in your own strength instead of looking to me. I'm the yeah. one making this happen. And that's what Nebuchadnezzar did. And I'm going to start at verse 29 to tell the story on what he did and how God had to humble him. And then he had to realize God was God in spite of. It says, at the end of the 12 months, he walked into a palace of the kingdom of Babylon. The king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power? Here we go, arrogancy. Right. And for the honor of my majesty, while the, world, while the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven saying, O king Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken. The kingdom is departed from thee. See, he got beside himself and began to get a little arrogant, and God got to let him know, let me bring you back down the side to let you know it ain't you. It has nothing to do with you. And sometimes we need to reality check stuff that is done, favor that's shown, ain't got nothing to do with us. It's just God's grace and his favor and his mercy he extends toward us. And then it says, and they shall drive, they shall drive thee from men. And thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. They shall make thee to eat grass and oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomsoever he will. So he's letting Nebuchadnezzar know, you ain't did nothing. This is my kingdom. I own all this. And he's letting him know, you finna have an encounter let you know that I'm God. And he said, the same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven far from men. He was driven from men and did eat grass as oxen. Here he, the whole kingdom was his. Here he is out in the field. He eating like those that didn't have anything because he got beside himself. And he said, and his body was wet with dew of heaven, of heaven till his hairs were grown like eagle's feathers. 
and his nails like bird claws. So he, he really was going through. He was going through a transition. And, yeah. to, and at the end of the days of Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and yeah. mine understanding returned unto me. He got revelation that it wasn't him. It was all God that has done that. Remember the scripture how we read earlier? The, the a man devises his way, meaning he ha- he plans what he want to do, but yeah. it's the Lord that directed his steps. And yeah. so God directed Nebuchadnezzar. He had to humble him to let him realize who he is. Yeah. And it says, and I blessed Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion. Remember at the early part of the story, he talking about his kingdom. Now he realized it ain't even about him. <laughs> he wasn't even that high as he thought he was. Mm-hmm. And he said, the kingdom is from generation to generation. He's boasting on who God is now. And right. sometimes we go through an encounter in life and and some humility to realize who God is in our life. He's just not some mere uh, person that we just talk to when we feel like it. It's just not something you you do out of convenience. We need God every day of our life. We need God to wake up in the morning, to go down at night, to breathe the air that we breathe. Every second, we need God. And it says, and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he does according to his will. In the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stand, stay his hand, or say unto him, What dost thou? And then in verse 37 it says, Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and fall under the king of heaven, all whose works are truth and his ways judgment, and those that walk in pride he is able to obey. So we can never get so up that we feel like God can't bring us down. We can't never be able to do things and handle things on our own and God not reveal to you you're going about it the wrong way. If you can look back on your life, how many things you did on your own strength and was headed down the wrong path until God had to intervene or until you had to go through those detours of life or those roadblocks to get you back focused on where you should be and who you should be giving all the glory and honor to. Yes. And, and we must be very careful about doing things in our own strength yes. and ability as Nebuchadnezzar. God showed him he was in control. He, mm-hmm. had, to, he had to bring that to his attention. Yes. To, he going through a season of being humbled before he realized that God was in control. Mm-hmm. Why is it sometimes God got to humble us to get to the place where we need to be in him? Anybody? Evangelist Howard, you got anything you want to add to that? Why do we feel like we got to be humble before we realize it's God? Because we're so used to thinking that we do it, and sometimes what we do is that when something happens, and it could be because of our education, it could be because of what we know, it could be because of our status in God, even sometimes I've noticed when people pray for people and when the prayers is answered, you know, they get like a boast in their chest. They'll say, praise God, but they, but when they go to testify, they'll say, I prayed for so-and-so and such-and-such happened. You know, they get in that flesh without even really giving God the glory. And yeah. remember, that's the thing that, has, is into me against God is that flesh. And a lot mm-hmm. of times 
looks at the flesh as big things, you know, all sex or, or anger. But we got to realize a lot of times those little bitty things that's inside of us, like pride, that's why God says he hates pride. And we think pride is with your head. But you can have pride within yourself and what you do and what you can accomplish. Oh, I can, and I've heard, oh, I can get a prayer through. Oh, Lord, I can really pray. No, you can't. Thanks the grace and the mercies of God that he has gifted you to that ability. (laughs) You know what I heard him say, oh, I pray, I pray, yeah, because I know I can get a prayer through. You know, and God has always answered every one of my prayer. Well, praise God, you know, that's very humbling of you. But... (laughs) A lot of times we really need to check ourselves so that we do not have this Nebuchadnezzar experience. And sometimes to take us, it may not be as severe, but a lot of times we have to go through a Nebuchadnezzar uh, relationship with God in order to find out I'm not all of that. Yes, yes, yes. So true, so true. And as you just said, some of us have to go through them seasons of being humble so yes. God can prove he is God. Have you ever been in a situation where you around a group of people you had to get along with and you knew they didn't like you? Oh, like yeah. You had, to be quiet, you had to keep still and just, and inside of you, that old man wants to rise and you really want to set it up. <laughs> but but you just, but God kept saying, be quiet, don't say nothing, shut your mouth. Every time you want to open it up, you just feel bad like I'm not because, you know. And, and that's what God has sent us through them times to humble us, to let us know it is him that does things. Even with confronting people and trying to engage in arguments with people, we got to understand that we got to control those things. And if we allow God to control us, and 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 keep us humble that we need him every hour, every second, every moment of the day. He's able to keep us under subjection so we don't spill out what we're feeling. And, and being humble in that time when you can't talk and say much, God is humbling you. And he's yeah. teaching you the things I do for you, you're going to be appreciative. When I yeah. give this to you or when I bless you with this or if I take you to higher heights and deeper depths than me, you're going to know how to always stay humble before me because yeah. you know it's not your own strength. It's of me that, that's being, that is done for you, and, oh. and you won't be beside yourself. But a lot of people go running and forget all about the things that God has done for them, and they forget to, to give God glory and honor for the things that he has done. And that's yeah. all my all the Lord wants is just adoration from us sometimes. Just a simple thank you, Lord. You know, people get jobs and, and they, they they get the job and forget all about the Lord. They pray and pray and pray and God holds things up because a lot of times he already know what people are going to do before they even get it. So it's a delay and then when he gets it, they still forget about God. They forget about how long they had to wait for, yeah. for God to he did. That's even with healing. People get healed, and they go back doing the same crazy stuff they was doing before God healed them. Yeah, that's true. They forget about that, and they turn their back on God and go back doing the same thing they was doing before God brought them in and cleaned them up and fixed them and healed them. They forget yeah. about those things. Yes. And 
God trying to get us in a position, in a place that we know we need God above everything. So when we go through times of being humbled and placed in the places that we go through, and some of us might be in that place right now where you feel like you're in a humbling situation, where you have to muzzle your tongue, where you can't say anything, and that's because God is trying trying to do things, trying to keep you from doing things in your own power, in your yeah. own strength. And that goes back to the scripture we read earlier where it says, lean not to thy own understanding. So we yeah. got to stop trying to put a question mark on things God has put a period on. All right. We, why? Why you do this? Why you do that? God said, ain't no why. That's a closed case. Let's move on. Let's let's go to the next chapter. Yeah. But doing those things in our own strength, trying to make things happen. I see people in ministry, they try to make things happen for themselves in ministry, in their own strength, and not being led by the things of God. And they end up shipwrecking and then bashing the church and then going out their own way and, and trying to take everybody else out with them. Yeah. I'm careful with that on, on just allowing God to take us through the process and, and just, I say enjoy the ride because sometimes it ain't enjoyable. But you know it's needful sometimes that we go through those experiences so we don't get beside ourselves and and do things out of the will of God because we're trying to do things in our own strength and our own plans on what we want to do. And we got to understand that God is our source for everything in life. Everything we have is because of God. And the things we are outside of him becomes meaningful. Have you ever had someone wanted certain things? Think about people who's like very, very rich. A lot of them people are unhappy. They got all that money, but they're not happy because they had to attain those things. But it's, it was fulfilling at the moment they was obtaining. But once they got it, that drive is gone. But the thing with God, He's continuously strengthening us, continuously building us, continuously giving us ideas and. And wisdom on how to do certain things. So he's constantly been active in our minds and want to do this and want to do that because it says he directs our path. Have you ever been in a situation where you had an aha moment? That's what I call it. A guy just pops something in your head. You're like, ah, I can do that. Okay, Lord. And God just deals with you and weigh on you for so long. You're like, okay, I'm going to do this, God. And you know you can't do it of your own strength. Right. You need to, to help you do that. Because I remember even being called to the ministry, Lord, I'm looking at me as little old me. I can't do this. I can't. And even the first time I had to stand before people, I think I, if people really seen how shaky I was, they, I, it, it's, it's a frightening experience in a good way when God allows us to move outside of our comfort zone. Because things that we do in the familiarity, it's because we're doing it in our own strength. So we're familiar with those things so we can do it. But God wants us to move into the unfamiliar so we don't do things in our own strength, that we go on his wisdom, his timing about all that. And then you won't get discouraged. You won't get frustrated. Many people commit suicide because they have not obtained what they um, – wanted to do in life. So I'm like, oh, man, you know, that said, people like, well, I didn't accomplish what I wanted to, so my life is over. And I remember many times in Japan how a lot of people, if they weren't successful, they were jumping in front of the train. 
So, I mean, because they had, they were trying to do things and make success in their own ability and not in the ability of God. That's and, an excuse. Huh? That's an excuse. That's it. Exactly. 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 And and that's just a way of not dealing with our issues and knowing that God is the source and God is the answer for everything. And and to me, when people commit suicide, that's just a coward way of saying, I don't want to deal with me. Amen. I don't want to deal with the issues down on inside of me. But they're not knowing, not only do they make it hard for them, it hurts everyone around them that loved and cared for them. And the enemy bombards us with so much to try to make us think we can do things of ourselves. We don't need help. We don't need anybody around. Not knowing we need each other. Everybody needs somebody. <laughs> I mean, you can't do anything on your own. And and those are the things that we really got to gravitate to is doing things in the strength of God. And it, and then there's another thing on why people feel they can do things in their own strength. If you grew up in a home where you were the primary caregiver, like the babysitters to your little brothers and sisters, you feel like you had to take care of everything. Or if you the head of your household and you're doing everything, it makes it hard for people to look at themselves and say, look, I need help. I can't do this. I really need help. And But pride sits into people, and it doesn't allow them to ask for help when they're struggling. And that's why I love this line. It's for women going through whatever, whatever issues, whatever problems, to ask for help. Hey, I'm struggling here. If we got women on the line, we can pray for each other. We can. It's good to let things out instead of leaving it in because stress kills. And a lot of people don't realize you lose your hair over stress. And you develop food allergies over stress. I remember being very stressed. I lost my hair and I was had food allergies bad. But then when I began to relinquish things and began to just focus on God instead of trying to do things in my own strength, life got better. The allergies went away. All and I would realize when I was in Hawaii dealing with the thing those things, every time I would come home to visit my lips would break out all the time. I couldn't hardly eat anything. They say I was allergic to pretty much everything there was to eat. And when I leave, I pretty much, all the breakouts, everything that I experienced there went away. And I realized that it was the stress that I was under in that place and responsibilities that I had taken on. Some was uh, things that I took on in my own ability and strength and not having wisdom to see God if that's what he wanted me to do. So I had to suffer some things of my own accord because trying to do things in my own strength. And anyone have anything to add to that? As we're talking, well, before we uh, get into the discussion part, um, I have someone on the line, and I wanted her to give a testimony and tell what God did to her by her trying to do things in her own strength so we can draw from each other and learn from each other of thy experience. Uh, Sonia, hello? Yes, yes, ma'am, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, go ahead. Okay. Well, um, 
Pastor McTier, when you were talking about, you know, how we go along in ministry, you know, and how we say that we should be used and we've seen other people that be used and, you know, um, God has a way of sending us warning. And when we don't heed to those warnings about trying to do things in our own way because, you know, you're angry, bitter, all that malice, strife, Galatians talks about that. So it was like two months ago, no, three months ago, the Lord had shown me that I that I didn't make it in the twinkling of an eye, meaning that first rapture. And it was me and another saint at the church that I go to now that didn't make it. So then I woke up scared. And so I called, you know, listen to this word. I called myself repentant and said, Lord, I don't understand. How? I don't understand, Jesus. Why, why, why I didn't make it, you know? So, and, you know, daddy trying to, you know, you could do the work in ministry, but your works, I promise you, ain't going to get you to heaven. I promise you. You trying to make the leaders happy, trying to make everybody like you, trying to make everybody see you a team player. When God has a calling on your life to where you are set apart, no matter what the flesh wants or desires, I promise you God has a way of getting your attention. So you would think that would get my attention, right? Oh, no, no, no. Pastor McTierre knows about Sonia Reagan. So I got sick, you guys. I was so sick. I've never been this sick for a month and a half. And I'm just shortening down my testimony a little bit for the sake of time. And what happened was I was so sick that you know this is spiritual when a doctor say they don't have no appointment for you and you're telling them that you're having a hard time breathing. <laughs> and they're calling over some antibiotics. Well, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning, and you all – I couldn't lay down. When I laid down, it felt like that. Everything in my body was caving in and suffocating me. So I, it was like 2 o'clock in the morning, and I couldn't lay down. I couldn't sleep. My chest was hurting. I was coughing. And when I coughed, I, I just couldn't breathe anymore. And I said, Lord Jesus, I'm ready. I said, whenever you want to take me, Jesus, I'm ready. I said, because this was it, because I could not get enough air in my lungs for it not to be so painful. And now, mind you, now I went months and months without hearing the Lord, okay? So when the Lord got my attention, he said it just as audible as we're on this phone. He said, my child, you're not going to die. I said, Jesus, I can't breathe. I said, I'm hurting and I'm tired. He said, you know how the next breath that you're dying to take? That means life to you, right? I said, yes, Jesus, please just help me. This is what he told me. That's how I feel when you squeeze me and don't allow me to do my job. Mm. I can't breathe. I can't work. Here's him. I'm alive and I live in you. But when you prevent me from not working, you are squeezing the life out of me. Here's him. Mm. The reason why I show you those things is not for you to become bitter, angry, hateful. This is my child, all of this stuff that you're going through right now is because what you're going through in the spirit. And he allowed me to see that thing. Y'all, it was so gross and so nasty. See, the scripture said God chasing the ones who, him, who he loved. Now, he tried to show me through the dream, okay? And the dream seemed just as real as I'm sitting here on the phone. But when he told me on how I was squeezing the life out of him, that very spirit, which is my, which gives me life, 
because out of the belly shall flow living water. I mean, you all, I couldn't really pray, you know, going to intercession, you know, and I love intercession. Couldn't really pray like I wanted to. Couldn't really get my thoughts down. And, and I say, Lord, you ain't hearing me? And the Lord was telling me I was thinking in his ears and then, I, I mean, in his nose. I was like a tingling brass and didn't even know it. All because when he was showing me these things, I took it personal. Everybody was everybody that was in sin that you know was sleeping around all of that stuff, sitting at the pulpit preaching and holding the mic, and they get away with bloody murder. And the Lord said, you don't know everything. I'm the only one that does. I'm the only one that does. You all, that night at 2 o'clock in the morning, Evangelist Sonia Bashan Reagan sincerely cleaned up her house. And I'm mm-hmm. talking about my spiritual house. I repented. And I didn't, I, I didn't say, Lord, forgive me for the knowing and the unknowing. No, get up off of that. That's milk. You know how to <clears> repent. <throat> Jesus, please forgive me for being angry because that person was being used and I wasn't. Y'all, I went through my whole resume asking for forgiveness. And the more I began to ask for forgiveness, I will not lie to you, the better I became that my breath got better. Mm-hmm. My voice mm-hmm. came back. And day by day, my strength was getting more and more. And every day, and to, to this day, I said, Jesus, I thank you for the breath of life. You all, the Holy Ghost is so precious. And, if, and because the Lord knows that I do love him, he chasing the ones whom he loves. The Lord don't want me, did not want me to go to hell. Okay, an evangelist on her highway to hell. Mm. And didn't know it because she was doing everything by her own thoughts, her own process. Well, I know what the Lord wants. I know what the Lord wants. Did I really know what the Lord wants? Because if I did, he wouldn't have to constrict my breath, constrict my lungs. I would take one month and a half. And each day it was getting worse and worse. Yo, I was miss, I missed church for about a month and a half. And I do go to church. So let me tell mm. you something about Sonny Bashan Reagan now. I can care less about your title. I can care less about who you are. The Lord put love in me, and it's not for me to do his job. Mm. He showed me those things so I would not get them in my spirit. I didn't realize I had them in my spirit. So I went through, mm-hmm. like the song says, sweep on your own front or back door. Y'all, I really <laughs> did some soul searching. And I got everything up out of me. And when I say that I don't have a blemish, I thank Jesus. And every day when I wake up and I take my breath, I say, Jesus, I thank you. When I get up in the middle of the night, I'm thanking Jesus. Because you all, unless y'all gone through what I did, which I pray that neither one of y'all have to experience that, for him to constrict your breath to, for, for you to realize how precious life is. We have to allow Jesus to do his job, and we do what he instructs us to do. We don't tell him what to do. He told mm-hmm. us, and that's it, Pastor McTierra, just cut it short a little bit. And that's like doing things in your own strength. Sometimes we try to be everything for everybody, and you can't. You, you just can't. And anybody else want to add anything to that? And sometimes, too, Sister Neil, we allow people to put us up there. Mm-hmm. They will... Uh, uh, praise us and you did good and girl you know you did this you know you brought that yeah. word no I didn't yeah to God be the glory but as yep. as people begin to praise us 
and and we start getting that big head. Yeah. Okay. I did this. Okay. They prayed for me, and and that flesh likes likes that praise that's coming. That's that, and true. your head gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and before yep. you know it, you done just push God to the side, and it's yes. all you. It's all about you. Yep, 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 and that's so true. And and we got to be careful of things that we don't allow people to put us in a position. We know God didn't put us there because there was a season of process. And that's something people don't want to go through the process because they're suffering without it. And, and we all know that. We know what we're supposed to be doing. But like you say, but when we got things on the inside of us where we lack insecurities or issues like that that we never got over, when people do that, and put all them accolades on others. It it kind of brings those issues that they never got resolved mm-hmm. in their life, shown in the stages of walking in, in their call. And and that's so vital because I'm thinking about lately all these gospel scenes. One on whooping his wife, one on divorce his wife. And to me, I'm like, those are issues that's been there all along that just got covered up with ministry but never was dealt with at the root. And because it never got dealt with at the root, not only did it affect them and their families, it affected a lot of people in the body of Christ that looked up to them. And I'm not saying looked up to them as a God, but looked up to them as an example of a believer, because that's what the scriptures say we're supposed to walk as an example of the believer. And people looking to them seeing them fall like that because, like you say, they got so comfortable with people speaking them accolades on them that they didn't recognize the signs that the path they was going on. And like Evangelist Reagan was saying, how she ended up having an encounter where her breath had to be taken away so God could tell her, you ain't all that. <laughs> you thinking you're doing all You're not all that. And God got, he brings those reminders to us, but we got the heed to those reminders. And so that we able to walk into those things that God has for us without fail. So anybody want to add to that? No. Well, I got another question. And I'm sure you women with children will be able, somebody out there be able to answer that question. It says, why can't parents make decisions about their children's well-being without getting the courts involved. Anyone? Because it's a single parent that's um, dealing with custody, I guess, with getting the other parent involved and doing what they're supposed to do. And they're wondering why is it so hard for them to do that. Anyone have that experience? Hello? Could you repeat the question, please? It says, why can't parents make decisions about their children's well-being without getting the courts involved? It's two parents, but they're not uh, they are not married. It's, you know, the kids in separate household from both parents. They're in one household with one parent, but not the other. And it said, why the decisions about their children? To me, a lot of times I feel like one of the parents don't want to take responsibility. 
that and also if they are divorced and if there is a court document, then the person that has the upper hand is going to always use that court document. If they have never been married and they had to get a court document in order for that other parent to take responsibility, that is something within itself. Mm-hmm. Now, and a lot of times, if they have never been married and they're not together, then that means that there is a reason or hardship between those two parents. And a lot of times, not realizing they are hurting the child, the effects will go on the child. Like the father won't go see the child or the mother won't go see the child because she's mad at the dad. So in this case, the father, I guess, doesn't come see the child as often as they should and be more involved. It's just on when it's convenient for them. Right. And to me, could that be the father got unresolved issues with the mother? Yes. That's what I was going to get. That's what I was getting at. Yes, a lot of times it's between the two adults why the issue is the way it is, not because of the child. Okay. So would you say it's acceptable? Huh? I say, but the the sad thing is the child is the one that has the results from it. So would you say it's acceptable, say, the father is not married but in a relationship with someone else? And the mother really doesn't want the son to be around that someone else because it's not someone that's married to the father. Uh, to me, I don't. Do you think it's right for the parent to say, in order for you to have, you know, do stuff with your son, you need to do stuff with your son, just you and him, and not so much this third party? Because the child is small, and people got to understand when you bring folks around little kids, mm-hmm. you got to explain them to do because they're very inquisitive. Mm-hmm. And then if if the father has a history of different, you know, relationships, that wouldn't be good for that child to meet those individuals. That's just my take. Hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hi. Pastor this is uh, Sonia. Um, mm-hmm. The reason why, and, and this is just from experience, okay, and I'm just going to be honest with you, it could be that that one parent is trying to get back at the other parent. Um, okay. You know, well, I just put you on child support. You know, being that, that they know whether to be that male or that female that's going to be taking care of the child, and you know they're a good person. It's just that it's just that they're separated. So what they try to do is try to, especially that woman, try to be vindictive and try to stick it to that man, and um and take him to court because she's angry, or that man doing it to the female. So so what they do is they use the child as a pawn and not realizing that um that both of you all is going to take care of that baby. Okay, or take care of the children, and you all could work it out without getting the courts involved, which is to me is better. 
But mm-hmm. um, but um, but for what I experienced in that time, like girl, I'm gonna get him. I'm really gonna stick it to him. And I would, you know, I would just tell him, I said, but you supposed to. I said, but we're saved. You don't want to do that because I promise you, with you being saved, I, I, you don't don't talk to me about that spiritualness right now. So then they made me wonder, okay, how, was your walk really real with me? Because I'm more, I'm seeing you right now, and so that's just me, you all. And and I agree. And a lot of times, uh, that person, whether the other spouse is married or not, is none of that mm-hmm. person's business. Mm-hmm. You're you're not in that relationship with that person. Mm-hmm. It is none of really your business who that person is with. Now, if you tell that father, well. You can't see your child if you go if the other person is going to get along or if the other person if that father had not yet bonded with that child the way he should mm. right his the relationship that he has with that person is important to him, so you're telling mm. parent, okay, you have to leave this person out because I'm not in the picture, and mm. I don't what you do or I don't like her and she's this and you know so if in order to see your child then you can't have the other person around that's not fair or right true 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 but I think the individual is trying to say why they must uh I guess it was say they don't want to have to what is this why can't parents make they don't want the courts to get involved then that means they, they, they want the being of the child, but they don't want to force that other parent to do his part or do their part. Then that means they, they remove themselves from the equation, just like Evangelist Reagan was saying, put aside your feelings, put aside your disagreements, put aside the things that you feel it should be, and think about what's best for the child. Mm-hmm. What the child should have. That makes sense. That makes sense. That, that definitely makes sense. Because I just want to know for the individual. And, and, and that's what needs to happen, you know. Everyone still there? Hello? I'm still here, sis. I'm listening. Okay, my computer went down, so that's why I'm wondering if I'm still here. <laughs> so I don't know what happened. Yeah. Evans, how are you still there? I don't know what happened. It went down. But the thing is, as far as going back to our topic that we had tonight and doing things in our own strength and and to allow God to do what needs to be done in our lives is, is very vital. And that we be cautious that everything we do and everything we got going on is for the glory of God and not of our own selves. So, and, and that's the major importance of that. You know, do anyone have anything they want to add or if they have a question about anything? on the line tonight. 
With that, I guess we will close. Any special prayer requests tonight or that anyone want us to lift up as we close tonight? <coughs> and just so y'all know, the next Lady Talk is May 2nd. It's on May 2nd. So get the word out. Ladies, you know, going through or just want to sound or talk, you know, vent out their frustrations, just let them know. Let them know. So we're trying to grow this group. I'm sure sometimes it's a slow start before it catches on with everybody. But it's here, and that's why I say sometimes we have questions, just send it to the boss. Or if you had a topic that you want to know more about, to send it to the boss, and we can have that as a discussion, as a lesson, a teaching on. And I just encourage everybody to continue on to participate as often as you can and become involved and be open to talking on the phone because nobody knows who you are once again. And also sending topics that you want to hear discussed on the line. I know everybody's at different stages in life going through different things. But I believe we able to touch all cylinders of what we all going through if we just all we gotta do is just open the open the form and begin to talk and be open with each other. So with that I am going anybody have anything else before we close out? Okay. Well we're gonna close out in prayer. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father. Dear Heavenly Fathers, we come before you. We thank you, Lord God, for Lady Talk, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God, for those who came on the line, Lord God, and those, Lord God, who wasn't able to attend on this night, Lord. But, Lord, we ask that you continue to give us wisdom and knowledge from on high, Lord. We ask that you continue to direct our path, Lord, direct our footsteps in you, Lord God, that we do all according to your will and your good pleasure, Lord. Lord, that we do not take things in our own strength, Lord God, that we don't do things in our own ability, Lord God. But, Lord, allow us to put you first before everything and anything, Lord God. That, Lord God, you send us the direction you would have us to go, Lord God. Lord, if we're in directions in which we should not be, Lord God, we ask you to put a stumbling block before us, Lord. But most of all, Lord, open up our eyes that we may see, Lord God, the path you would have us on, God. I ask you to touch each and every lady on the line as we go our separate places, Lord God, in our homes, Lord God. I ask you to send your ministering angels, Lord God, dispatch them out, God, to keep people continuously, Lord. Strengthen every lady, whatever they're facing, whatever obstacles and situations they're going through, Lord. I ask that you begin to keep them, Lord God. I ask you begin to strengthen them, Lord God, to do that which you in their heart, Lord God, even concerning their families and their loved ones, Lord, that you cover them with your blood like never before, God. And yes. Jesus' name we pray and thank thee. Yes. Amen. Y'all yes. ladies, be blessed. Amen. Bye-bye. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.